Hello, my name is Michael McLennan, and welcome to COVID Matters. This episode is a recording of a live Q&A hosted in the COVID A support community with the leading mental health charity Mind. We spoke to Kerry McLeod, Head of Information Content, and Amy Louise Murray, Information Officer at Mind, to find out more about the organisation and the support it provides before answering questions from the community members and the public around anxiety, loneliness, and coping with the persistent effects of long COVID. I hope you enjoy our chat, and I'll be back afterwards with more information about both Mind and COVID Aid. Most of us will be aware of Mind, but perhaps not aware of the full scope of the charity. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about yourselves and the type of support that you provide? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so we are a um, mental health charity uh, and we work across England and Wales. Uh, we Our mission is to make sure that everyone with a mental health problem gets the support and respect they deserve. Uh, so we offer advice and support. We campaign for better access to services and to raise awareness of mental health. Um, we have a federated network of local minds. So they are um, independent charities that operate across England and Wales, and they're affiliated to the kind of national mind, which is what we call ourselves. Um, and they offer services that are kind of designed to work for the local area that they work in. Um, and then the sort of the bit of mind that Amy and I work in, um, we provide uh, information on all aspects of living with a mental health problem, uh, which you can see on our website. Uh, we have a, an info line, which you can call for signposting to local services or kind of more specialist services near you and for information. Um, and we also have a, an online peer support community called Side by Side. Thank you so much for that uh, answer. Um, when the pandemic happened, did you notice a difference in the types of support that people were seeking? Yeah, uh, we did, is the short answer. We, um, it well, it was a time of rapid change I think for everyone wasn't it um and we tried to respond to that in terms of the information that we offered uh so we created a, a coronavirus information hub on our website which started off as kind of one page that aimed to support people with their well-being while isolating and then kind of became something much bigger and then New information needs emerged and um, people who still had to go out to work during the lockdown and um, people who were having trouble accessing support and services for their mental health and um, coping with sort of experiences and feelings as we sort of came out of lockdown. And um, so the kind of, yeah, the, the need grew. Um, and just as a sort of snapshot on one particular day in March uh, 2020, we had 68,000 views of that one coronavirus information page. Um, so, yeah, there was a real kind of increase in demand and our helpline um, kind of started a bit more slowly, but we got started to get a lot more calls as the, the spring turned into summer. I think you've spoken a bit about that, but how have you got this change and what is the sort of situation right now? So now it's, yeah, it's changed. The kind of... Um, the visits to our main coronavirus information have sort of dipped, uh, but uh, interest or like visits to our um, 
our other information, sort of especially around things like anxiety, which I know we're going to talk about today, um, have increased well, across all of our information have increased. Um, and we know that on our helpline, we've had callers uh, who are experiencing long COVID, uh, calling about the sort of impact of that on their mental health. So we've seen that as well. And Amy Louise, I was wondering if I could ask you, what do anxiety order, oh, sorry, what do anxiety disorders look like? Thank you. Um, so firstly, um, something to address is that there's a big difference between being anxious and having an anxiety disorder. So it's important to remember that so many people feel anxious from, from time to time. But if that anxiety is starting to have a more of an impact on your day-to-day life and, and your well-being, that might be when you might want to think about getting getting some help or support. And there are lots of different types of anxiety disorders. Um, so like, for example, generalised anxiety disorder relates to having kind of regular or uh, uncontrollable worries about things um, in your everyday. Um, there's also social anxiety and panic disorder, health anxiety, body dysmorphia, perinatal anxiety, to name but a few. So there's so many different types. And anxiety disorders look very, very different for everybody. Um, And it would be impossible for me to sit and list all of the symptoms of of anxiety disorders because I'd probably be here for a long time. But um, it, it does look very, very different for everybody. Now, the symptoms of anxiety an anxiety disorder can affect not just your mind, but it can affect your body and it can affect the way that you function from day to day and, and, and live your life. So as an example, some people who are anxious may get um, like a churning feeling in their stomach. They, some people feel lightheaded and dizzy from time to time. They may have um, a racing heartbeat. Um, some people feel tense. Some people feel nervous. Some people feel unable to relax um, or they may have a persistent feeling of dread. Some people may experience panic attacks. Um, some people experience hot flushes, problems with sleep. Um, many people with anxiety feel like they can't stop worrying um, and fear the worst. And as a result of all of that, um, some people may avoid certain situations because of their anxiety or find it difficult to enjoy time with friends, relatives, loved ones, or just look after themselves day to day. So there's there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot in there. Um, and we do at Mind, we produce a lot of high quality information about anxiety disorders generally and what we'll do is we'll send a link at the end of the session um so you can read up about anxiety the symptoms causes and and that sort of thing um but yeah that's kind of like a a whistle stop tour uh on what an anxiety disorder might look like for somebody and in terms of uh stressors what what is a stressor and what can be the main types of stressors for anxiety disorders Yeah, so a stressor, um, I guess, could be defined as uh, something that may set off uh, or or trigger, I guess, your your anxiety, your anxious anxious behaviour. And what we've noticed at Mind is that there's been a difference in the types of anxieties people are experiencing uh, throughout the pandemic. So uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic, uh, some of our information that we have on our website, we were talking a lot about... um, 
anxiety in relation to ongoing changes to routines so with all of the different lockdowns it affected us being able to go outside and engage with things that we we usually would um a lot of us worked from home at that time um we went from face-to-face interactions to um engaging in a very very different way and for many that was that was incredibly anxiety inducing um there was also high levels as we all know there were high levels of uncertainty particularly um in the first sort of year and we had frequent changes to rules and regulations and what we could and couldn't do um so we noticed uh, a lot of that coming through in some of our some of our research um many people had concerns um about getting unwell from covid understandably or having their friends and family getting sick um, particularly those who were shielding or were clinically extremely vulnerable um, anxieties were coming through about work um, a lot of people were placed on furlough um, some people lost their lost a lot of people lost their jobs as a, as a result of covid um, a lot of people who were parents were having to juggle being a being a homeschool teacher and jobs at the same time uh, and as a result of all that uh, finance people were very concerned about about their finances as well um there were anxieties of course about being away from our family our friends our loved ones people we care about um and worry about further restrictions and lockdowns um and what what might happen next again sort of that uncertainty and in relation to kind of long covid so at mind this isn't so we've done a couple of covid19 research studies at mind but um long covid is something we haven't really looked into as as so much yet but we are monitoring this and we're kind of having a look at the sort of research that is starting to involve evolve sorry and um some of the anxieties that people are talking about are very similar, um, but have some very specific uh, specific stresses, I guess. So, for example, there feels a, a lot of anxiety about the uncertainty about the future that kind of comes with having a a a long a long term illness. So, having an illness that affects your quality of life in some way or another means that people may be reflecting and thinking about what they now can't do as a result of that um, and worrying about the impact that that might have on their future, their, their future work, their future plans. And with that comes fears about health. So uh, maybe not being able to get back to the levels of health and fitness and, and ability that you may have had kind of before contracting COVID. So that's something that um, we're noticing in some of the research coming through. Um, stresses and anxieties about um, being off work still. So if you have long COVID and you've had to take an extended period of time off work, that will be causing a lot of anxiety, particularly depending on how understanding your employer is. Um, with all of that, which then leads on to a, a financial Im implication. Um, concerns around relationships with friends and family being affected. So the implications of maybe not being able to do as much as you used to be able to and kind of worrying about how that might have an impact um, on your relationships with those around you. 
and for for many who have experienced long COVID in relation, who may have also experienced trauma as a result of having a a, a, an illness, a potentially fatal, a potentially fatal illness. Um, there is a lot of concern about people potentially getting COVID again um, and sort of living with the aftermath of just being very, very unwell and the, and the stress and anxiety that comes with that. We know at Mind there is a link, a, a massive link between long-term physical health conditions and mental health problems. So living with a serious ongoing um, or life-threatening physical health condition can sometimes trigger anxiety. We know that anxiety is defined now by the NHS as a symptom of long COVID um, along with uh, with depression. Um, and just to, there's a bit of research from the Mental Health Foundation, which talks about how one in three people with a long-term physical health condition also has a mental health problem. So there's, there's a really, really big link uh, between the two. And yeah, thank you so much for your answer there. I, I was wondering when should people seek help in this sort of situation? Yeah, so at Mind, we we think it's really, really important that you seek help at any time, even if you're not sure if you're experiencing a mental health problem or not. Um, You don't need a diagnosis to to have have what's going on for you validated. Um, So you should always seek help if 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 you're not feeling quite right, if you're not feeling 100%, if you can identify with some of those symptoms that I've listed above. But you might wanna have a look at having seeking some help if you find yourself uh, worrying more than you usually would. Um, if you're finding uh, finding it really hard to kind of enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, um, and you're having if you're having thoughts and feelings that are really difficult to cope with, um, and yeah, if they're having an impact on your day to day life, we would suggest um, booking booking that initial appointment with your GP, um, talking to someone close to you, seeking seeking some support. Um, there are lots of options for support out there. Some are more suitable for people than others or more easily available. And there is there's no sort of right or wrong way to um, to try to try the, these things in different things work for different people. But we do have a lot of information on our website about uh, treatment for anxiety in particular. And we'll send that round at the end. But we also have information more generally about seeking help for a mental health problem like how to prepare for that initial, if you're worried about booking an appointment with your GP to discuss how you're feeling, like how can you how can you prepare for that? How can you pluck up the courage? What are the sort of things I should be talking about or saying? We have a lot of information about that as well, which we'll send, we'll send around at the end. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, we've got some great questions from the COVID aid support community members and other people on social media. The first few questions that we have are around a similar sort of theme. So I'll ask those and get get your responses. Uh, the first of those is from Lynn and she asks um, how to manage feeling balanced and positive when everything is different and your body doesn't feel like you anymore. Oh yeah, that um, that's a really good question. Thanks, Michael. Um, I think it's as Amy mentioned the we know that the impact of living with a long-term physical health problem on your mental health can be a significant factor in sort of 
feelings of anxiety, depression. Um, I think when you're managing a long-term condition like that, it's uh, you're going through so many physical changes. And if you're not feeling balanced and positive, the first thing to say is that that's completely understandable. Um, I think that there are some things that you can do to support yourself um, if you're experiencing kind of low mood or just sort of feeling a bit down. Um, and I'm going to list a few, but, you know, it's worth saying that we totally understand that this is not a, a cure for long COVID um, and that some of the tips might be harder depending on the situation that you're in. I'm sorry, I'm assuming that that's what Lynn is experiencing, but um, for any sort of physical health problem, I think. Um, so one thing is to try to keep a, try keeping a mood diary. Some people like to note down their feelings each day that can help you identify kind of things that make you feel worse and things that make you feel better. And it just kind of gives you a better understanding of your own mental health and what affects it. Um, some people like mindfulness, um, which can be a good way of sort of trying to step away from the thing in the immediate moment that is kind of causing you difficult feelings and kind of develop the skills to, to deal with that. And there are sort of various online courses and apps, um, some of which I think we signpost to in our website, on our website. Um, but also to say that that isn't for everyone. And if it doesn't work for you, then that's totally fine. Um, the Another kind of great mood booster is uh, we know we're understanding a lot more now about the sort of positive effects of nature on our mood. And I appreciate that sort of getting out and about can be quite difficult for, for some of us. Um, but there are things that you can do to sort of bring nature in. And some of these might just sound like really facile but actually there's evidence behind them so you know opening a window to let the fresh air in and sort of look out onto nature um having a pot plant um that you can tend to and take care of um listening to sounds from nature like bird song um, these can all have a positive effect on our moods um and then another thing that we know works for some people is um Think on our website we call it a self-care box it doesn't have to be a box uh, um, it could be um, just a kind of a list that you've got of things that you go to that you know can help boost your kind of your good feelings um, so uh, you know that might be a favorite film book music to listen to that makes you feel better kind of comforting blankets or clothes things that when you sort of put them on they're reassuring um, you could think of it as a sort of mental health first aid kit. Um, so those are some of the things that, that you can try when you're sort of feeling out of balance. Um, but we'd also say, and I know Amy's already said this, that if that is something you're feeling and you are struggling with those feelings, then to try opening up to someone, uh, if you don't feel able to speak to a GP about that, at this point, then if there's someone close to you that you can talk to about your feelings, that can be a really positive first step. A couple of questions, um, unique, but along similar theme are from Sue and Ali. Um, Sue says, I find it hard to stop thinking about 
what I've lost through being ill and how much it has sent me back from where I should be. Ali says, I'm finding it very frustrating at my slow, slow lack of improvement, which sometimes makes me very down. Any tips? I think both of those, there's uh, themes around frustration and not being quite where they want to be at, at this time. I, I can hear that. And I think, um, you know, as before, these are all completely understandable feelings when you're dealing with a kind of health problem that is stopping you living the life that you lived before. Um, I think in that, uh, I think it was Sue that the sort of some of the language she used was kind of similar to experiences of like loss and mm-hmm. grief. And I think that is, um, that's kind of important to acknowledge that we are sort of, we're not the person that we were before. And there's a kind of coming to terms with that, um, that is part of the process. Um, I think some of the self-care tips are still sort of relevant here. I think um, to the person that said about feeling frustrated at their sort of slow lack of improvement. Um, I think that, uh, again, totally understandable. I think um, some things that we sort of suggest with sort of people who are feeling depressed is to kind of try pacing yourself, um, have some small wins at first. You know, that might be today I am going to get out of bed or today I am going to make myself something nice to eat. Um, if you're able to do something like that and then sort of try building up, you know, to today I'm going to have a conversation with someone, whether that's over the phone or what. Um, and, you know, yeah, there, there are going to be days when you can't even do that. Um, and that's fine. But then the next day, if you're feeling a little bit, better and you can start building up again um it's just kind of focusing on the things that feel achievable to you at that moment um and then I know this is really hard but um we always say if you can avoid comparing yourself to other people um then that could help especially if you sort of feel like other people are making progress whatever that means sort of more progress than you um so for instance, you might want to limit the time you spend on social media um, to days when you're feeling up to it um, or to only sort of checking in on people that, you know, you know will sort of help you to feel good about where you're at. Um, and that's totally fine to say that for now, that you've got to prioritise yourself and your own recovery. Um, and I think um, I sort of don't want to, brush over the point about sort of the person made about sort of losing something through being ill and so this might sound strange but we do have information on bereavement um, and some of that might apply because it is about sort of coming to terms with a change. Yeah I think that's that's something that's very important to say uh, because actually I know from one of the previous Q&A's we did I think with Crew's bereavement support we talked about the nature of grief and sometimes people can't don't feel like they can talk about experiences which are very traumatic for them because they feel like somebody else may have suffered more, or may have lost more, but that doesn't mean that their own experiences aren't entirely valid uh, for those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Got a question from Karen who says, I'm finding it very hard seeing friends and family going outside and acting like everything is normal again. Now I feel anxious to do so. 
That's a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. Um, so we know that so many people have felt apprehensive um, and very anxious about the gradual easing of lockdown restrictions in the UK in the last year or so. Um, when we conducted um, one of our COVID-19 studies, I think it was in July 2021, um, there was like over half of, of, of adults and, and young people were were had concerns about transitioning to uh, to, to seeing and, and, and being near others. Um, and this this particularly continues for people who are who are living who are living with long COVID. Um, and what we want to say is that it's it's really understandable to be experiencing difficult feelings about the last two and a half years um, that we've been through. Um, there is most definitely no normal response to a pandemic. Um, I think a lot of us have learned that. Um, and with many of us, our feelings might change and fluctuate from day to day. And they might be affected by things that are really outside of your control, such as living living with a long-term long-term health condition um what i would say uh in response to this question is trying to uh find people who understand what you're going through so you might want to think about talking to those closest to you who you might normally see and interact with in in person and um they they may be able to relate and offer their support and they also might be open to making adjustments to support you when communicating with them and we know that it can sometimes be really really difficult to to talk about your feelings with your friends and family um you might feel worried about upsetting people you care about or you might be anxious about what people might think of you um or how it might affect your relationships with other people um but one thing we do know is that those closest to us can often be um a really valuable source of source of support um so have a think about um how how your friends and family uh can can better support you um you could if you if you want to you can write this down as well you don't have to say this in person find a method of communication uh that that works that works well for you and another thing with this is thinking about what you can control and kind of what makes you feel safe so for example if you are invited to a social event or a gathering or or something that you're quite anxious about um maybe talk to the person about how you're feeling in advance um you could maybe suggest uh, an alternative method of, of communication such as a, a phone call a zoom call or even a, a voice note um most people are using voice notes uh, these days i definitely do um uh maybe suggesting things that somebody else can do to help you feel more comfortable so for example if you're meeting somebody inside uh, maybe asking them to wear a mask or meeting outside rather than indoors so really having to think about what would make me feel more comfortable with with this situation um however um we know that there are a lot of people who who don't feel don't feel comfortable seeing people at all right now and and that is also complete and that is also okay we really want to acknowledge that and it's okay to take things at your own pace uh, and what is what is comfortable for you. Um, but we think opening up to others and, and expressing those concerns and, and, and talking about how that how these situations make you feel and why they make you feel that way um, can be can be a good start. But it's really important to take these things step by step um, and at your own pace. We got a question from David. 
who says, I have been feeling increasingly lonely this year and unsure about what I can do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, it's a good, it's a really good one. So um, firstly, um, being lonely is is nothing to, to be ashamed of. Um, and everyone can feel lonely at some point in their lives. And um, something we talk about at Mind is that you don't have to to be alone to feel lonely. Uh, loneliness comes in so many forms. Um, so if you're maybe thinking, but I, I feel really lonely and I've got so many people around me. Um, that's that's really common. And um, yeah, it's not limited to to being on, on your own necessarily. But many people during uh, during the last two and a half years have experienced increased feelings of, of loneliness and isolation. We've been prevented from meeting with people. Uh, we've been prevented from attending social events and, and gatherings and as restrictions are easing, if you have long COVID or you're living with a long-term illness, you might not be, as Karen mentioned above, you might not be comfortable with meeting people in person right now. So that could that can really contribute to those feelings. Um, the study that I mentioned earlier uh, proved proved this. We we uh, the sort of COVID nineteen consequences on mental health um, showed that the, the the loneliness and the isolation and the lack of personal contact um, with others made people's mental health um, worse. Um, if loneliness is as, as I said, it, it's uh, it's common to feel lonely from time to time, but if if it's starting to have an impact on you and your mental health and, and the way the way you live your life, um, we have some tips and we have some ideas of, of things that you might want to, want to try and do. Um, so uh, something that we talk about is um, surrounding your space um, with with people that you love and care about. So putting pictures up of people that you care about. So having a nice reminder of the people in your life who who are close who are close to you. Um, try to, if you can and feel able to, join a class or a group that might be based on your hobbies or your interests. Um, if you're unable to attend things in person or you don't feel able to, um, there are still lots of online groups running um, that, that that you would be able to join. Um, this kind of the, the partial good thing about the pandemic is that um, a lot of things are, are a little bit easier to access. Similarly, volunteering is a really good way of meeting and interacting with people who share similar interests to you. Um, and the feeling and satisfaction of helping other people has been proven to really boost and help improve your mental health. Um, this is something I do, actually, <laughs> quite a lot. Um, if your home is feeling too quiet, um, stick something on in the background that's quite chatty so um a television show or a podcast so just so it's it's not the kind of dull if you are if you are physically on your own um the sort of dull sound of nothing you feel like you've got conversation around you and kind of feel like you have people talking talking with you and and, and around you um i find that really helpful actually and i've used that tactic quite a lot um Join. Uh, so we have an online community at Mind called Side by Side. Um, there are plenty. There are quite a lot of online communities out there. I believe um, COVID Aid has one. <laughs> so um, and these are communities that 
provide a supportive place for people to listen and, and share and share with other people who have similar experiences to you. Um, and it might be that you want to join an online community that focuses specifically on, on long COVID, or it might be that you want to join a community like Side by Side, which is a little bit more um, sort of generally mental health focused, but um, they're really accessible. They're, they're mostly free um, and you can access them wherever you are. So we'd really recommend um, having a look to see what's having a look to see what's available. And um, as uh, Kerry's, Kerry's mentioned this earlier in terms of um, self-care, we all talk about self-care and and uh, what, what that is and what that isn't, but um, it's taking time to look after yourself is so important. Um, it can be easy when we have feelings of loneliness to sort of neglect the, the basic things uh, and making sure you're trying to get enough sleep um, and eating well. So as Kerry said, you know, if that's one of the small steps in your day, that means that you've ticked that off and you've said, I, I have made I've made breakfast for myself today. That that's a massive win um, and celebrating those massive wins. Um Kerry mentioned as well, spending time in, in nature, whatever that means to you and whatever you are capable, uh, whatever you feel capable of doing at, at that time as well. Um, some people find that uh, being around animals really helps with loneliness. So if you have a pet or um, some people like to visit like a local community or a city farm or something like that. Um, so there's 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 tactics and there's lots of different things um, that you can do. But as I mentioned in the previous question, it's so, so important that you do what you feel comfortable with and don't put any pressure on yourself and uh, take it step by step and at your own at your own pace. And um, we do also have, <laughs> I feel like I'm plugging the information quite a lot, but we do also have a lot of information about loneliness uh, on our website, which has a lot of really useful tips. Thanks so much to Kerry and Amy for their time. In the show notes and on our website, you can find a variety of links and signposting to the advice and support mentioned by Mind around topics discussed. You can also visit their website at mind.org.uk. And if you haven't heard of us, COVIDAID is the UK's leading national charity dedicated to supporting all those significantly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. We provide a range of supportive services, advice and information, including hosting our COVIDAID support community. There we host courses, events, expert Q&As, peer support groups and a whole lot more for those affected by issues such as long COVID and grief and bereavement. Please visit covidaidcharity.org, that is covidaidcharity.org and join our community at community.covidaidcharity.org. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with you soon.